earlier today, President Biden announced that uh, he's going to be tapping into the oil reserves uh, to combat uh, high gas prices. Uh, if you, I think the average, he said, was at $3.40 something, $3.40 or something like that uh, across the country. In California, much, much higher. Uh, Colin, if we could play uh, some of what Biden said at his press conference. They do. I want to take a moment to talk about the economy, both the progress we made and the challenges we remain that we have to face. We made historic progress over the last 10 months. Unemployment is down to 4.6 percent, two years faster than everyone expected. When we started this job, it was over 14 percent. Disruptions related to the pandemic have caused challenges in our supply chain, which has sparked concern about shortages and contributed to higher prices. Moms and dads are worried, asking, will there be enough food we can afford to buy for the holidays? Will we be able to get Christmas presents to the kids on time? And if so, will they cost me an arm and a leg? I told you before that we're going to take action on these problems. That's exactly what we're doing. It starts with my port action plan, a, a proactive three-month effort to invest in our ports and relieve bottlenecks. We also met with the CEOs of Walmart, Target, Home Depot, TJ Maxx, and others. Those retailers, large retailers, and others agreed to move products more quickly, stock the shelves more quickly. And by the way, you may have heard the CEO of Walmart yesterday on the steps we've taken. He said, and I quote, the combination of private enterprise and government working together has been really successful. He went on to Shut say, up. all the way through the supply chain, there's a lot of innovation. Because of the actions we've taken, things have begun to change. And the major retailers I mentioned are con have confirmed that their shelves will be well stocked in stores this holiday season. And that's good news for those moms and dads who are worried about whether the Christmas gifts will be available. High gas prices. This is a problem, not just here in the United States, but around the world. The fact is, we always get through those oh spikes, but we're going to get through this one as well and hopefully faster. But it doesn't mean we should just stand by idly and wait for prices to drop on their own. I brought together other nations to contribute to the solution. India, Japan, the Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom have agreed to release additional oil from their reserves. And China may do more as well. This coordinated action will help us deal with a lack of supply, which in turn helps ease prices. The bottom line, today we're launching a major effort to moderate the price of oil. And in the longer term, we will reduce our reliance on oil as we shift to clean energy. But right now, I will do what needs to be done to reduce the price you pay at the pump. Gas supply companies are paying less and making a lot more. And they do not seem to be passing that on to the consumers at the pump. And that's why I've asked the Federal Trade Commission to consider whether potentially illegal and anti-competitive behavior in the oil and gas industry is causing higher prices for consumers. Let's start with, uh, he's talking about that the economy is doing better and uh, I think unemployment was significantly down and all this jazz. Um, yeah, the unemployment number's down, I guess you could say, but as we know, the unemployment number being down is really a surface number thing. It doesn't, it could, mean, uh, you know, pe more people are c coming back to work. It could also mean more people are dropping out, thus not being counted anymore. Uh, but what did you think about the rosy economic picture he was painting? 
You know, his rosy economic picture is is not great, but I want to give him credit for a couple things. And you know me, I don't give Biden credit for much, right? But number one, he's attacking the ports. Ports are an entry point for all the goods and services. That's very, very important. Clearing that bottleneck will absolutely impact inflation. It will absolutely impact uh, supply chains. The other thing that you know he he made mention of was the fact that they're releasing the uh, some strategic oil reserves to combat pricing for oil. Now this is this is something that I recently really glommed onto, and so I want to bring this into the picture. The WTO has rules for all the different countries participating that says that they're not able to subsidize their exports. They're not able to subsidize their products and be you know, properly competitive, e- even Stephen with the rest of the countries. So the idea of propping up your, your, um, your exports and, and, or subsidizing your, your different things that you have internally is, is a no-no. And so I'm just curious as to what the impact of those WTO type rules that we're supposed to abide by um, you know, what they have to do with this, because we literally have a, a competitive issue going on right now. And, and because of the way that Saudi Arabia and Russia and others are pricing their oil, they, they're gouging the hell out of things, right? I mean, they're absolutely taking advantage of this with, with full them and vigor. So uh, I, I, I'm, I don't have all the answers to that one, but it's something that I want to dig deeper in because as I'm looking at it more, I understand like, you know, when the IMF gives out a, a loan or something like that, they always put a structural adjustment. And most of these countries, they don't have refined oil, they have crude oil. And you look down in South America at the fact that they got crude oil. And that's the sort of stuff that we could shift to if we needed it. The problem is it's not refined and we're looking for refined oil. We're looking for refined products, the refineries and so forth. And so I think that a lot of what's going on right now um, is directly gouging uh, from, from Saudi Arabia and from Russia and other oil producer, major oil producing countries. And so Biden doing this, uh, releasing some of the supply, I, I think that's as good as, as any at this point. I, I, I wish he would have done it sooner. But I can't fault them too much for both of those things. Both of those things are are like really actually not the worst idea ever. And it pains me to say that. Um, but as far as his crap with Walmart and stuff like that, that is a real like, like, wow, are you serious? Walmart, unfortunately, has gobbled up the entire market share in most communities. So if you can't get your groceries from a local grocer, Walmart is everything there. You're basic supply. They're your hardware store. They're your food store. They're everything. And so if Walmart is not able to get the supply in there, people are going to go without and and people have become dependent on that, not because they become dependent on it, but because the market has made it such that Walmart has been able to devour the other small market players that would have provided some competition. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that ultimately, you know, Biden's words didn't offend me that much. They they sounded like steps in the right direction. I'm interested in seeing what that translates to. It sounds like he's fighting for his political life, so he may actually do the right thing. Um, and and it sounds to me like fixing the ports is a really super important thing. We talked about, I think, last time I was on here. I mean, we've got boats sitting in the in the port for three days at a time. I right. mean, that, that's huge amount of cost addition to your average producting service. 
I wanted to uh, read some of this because it's interesting. As concerns mount on inflation, President Biden gave remarks touting his handling of the economy. Quote, I'm proud to say if you look at my presidency so far, it's a jobs presidency and it's a small business presidency, he said. Here's what the record shows. Record job creation, record economic growth, record new small business creation. That's the story. That's the story that should give us confidence about the economy that we're building, confidence in ourselves, confidence in the future. The president urged confidence in an area where a majority of Americans don't have it. The latest ABC News Washington poll, uh, poll Washington Post poll found 70% of Americans viewed the state of the economy negatively. So it's interesting. It's interesting. And uh, there we have Steve Beck in the brick setup. Yeah. So hopefully that's better. Uh, hopefully. I was just reading. Um, I agree with you. It's it's good that he is tapping into the reserves. I don't really know why we haven't done that much earlier and much more often. Uh, if we drill, baby, drill, and Obama bragged about all, you know, I I was the biggest. Uh, he didn't call himself this, but the biggest mother fracker there was, and we <laughs> exported more oil than ever under Obama. Well, we have a massive oil reserve, so. You know, you could talk about currency and, you know, we need to keep it for security, things like that. But it seems to me we could be using a lot more of what we already produce here. Uh, so I agree with you on giving him points for that. I don't know if you heard what I was just reading as you were um, trying to uh, get your video back. But Biden called his presidency the jobs presidency. This is the same junk I heard from Obama in the in the recovery of 2009, 2010. Uh, that the basically looking at the unemployment number, looking on the surface that jobs were starting to come back and not looking at anything underneath that. What kind of jobs were there? Were they good, good paying jobs? Were they union jobs? Was income inequality getting any better? So jobs might be coming back, but according to the jobs reports on a monthly basis, they're the, the, uh, the industry that has the most jobs coming back is hospitality and leisure which is restaurants, hotels, bars, not like, you know, not exactly jobs that you're going to make enough to, you know, early retire. I also wanted to uh, play, this is from More Perfect Union. I wanted to play this, uh, it's a pretty long video. I don't know if we'll play the whole thing. This is from More Perfect Union explaining what our inflation problems actually are. And hint, they're not from, they're not from actual working people making more money, which is what certain anchors on MSNBC want you to believe. If you could play that, Colin. Do you feel like the prices of normal things you buy every day are going up? Well, supposedly we can thank rising inflation. The main thing is inflation. The American people are facing the highest inflation in more than 10 years. Chicken, eggs, meat. A pound of steak is up by two bucks. A pound of bacon costs over $7. $7 bacon. $7 bacon. So what happened? Here's a clip from one of the people who has control over prices. John Katsimatidis, president of Gristidis and D'Agostino Supermarkets. He's also a real estate and oil CEO. You know how CEOs are on Wall Street. Uh, they go, they live quarter by quarter. Uh, if they're off by a penny in earnings, Wall Street is not forgiven. So what are the CEOs doing? They're raising prices. I see food prices going up. Promotions are down to zero. Why give away something when you don't have to give it away and you make more margin? That's a confession. 
Why give away something when you don't have to give it away and you make more margin? Business leaders are admitting that corporations are using the narrative of hyperinflation as an excuse to raise prices on you and increase profits for themselves. This is a clip from the 2021 third quarter earnings of Tyson, the meat processor whose chicken you might have in your freezer. We have increased prices to help offset significant raw material and supply chain cost inflation. Pricings improved nearly 16% in the quarter versus the comparable period last year. Some quick business talk translation. When he says pricing improved, he means Tyson was happy to raise prices. And that was good news for Tyson's shareholders. Tyson's wants people like you and me to believe that they were forced to raise prices as a result of inflation. But the company is making almost double what it made the year before. Inflation gave them the excuse they needed to raise prices and reap record profits. So I wanted to play that more perfect union video. They do good work because uh, they were basically explaining that a lot of these corporate CEOs, a lot of these corporate Goliaths, uh, they're just price gouging. It's not because they have to raise prices, raise prices because things are so much more expensive for them on the wholesale side or on you know the actual cost side. Uh, they're just price gouging and using inflation as an excuse. And the folks at CNBC and the corporate media are happy to push that narrative that they don't have a choice but to raise prices. Yep. That's the standard fare. That's exactly what keeps happening. And we, we I don't know what the obsession is with everything about inflation being about printing money, but that seems to be the perverse, like almost like just obsession with people to think that somehow or another it's, it, it's, it literally is monopoly powers over products. It is literally supply chains breaking down. It's literally, we had to pull Lazarus with the freaking uh, economy. We put it on ice. We put it in a coma and then we're trying to bring it back out. And that takes some effort, man. I mean, it wasn't just the U S economy. It was the global economy. You know, and and you think about what globalism has done. It put peace parts in all these different countries, and we had blockades or people. You know, we can't send X from this country in because they're contaminated or this group is blocked. I think there's like 37 different countries that the iPhone is made in. To make one iPhone, there's 37 countries for different parts. That's a tremendous amount of logistics that have to be well oiled and working. You know, very very smoothly. Otherwise, you're going to have those major disruptions. And we saw that big time in the semiconductor uh, arena. So, But what I, what I find amazing, and you saw this in Biden's press conference earlier, was this continued push. I've met with Walmart, and I've met with so and I've met with this corporation and that corporation, this and that. It's this continued feti- fetish- fetishizing of private industry. The, yes. same, private, the pr- same private industry that literally is why this pandemic has gone the way it's gone. Let's face it. Trump, he, besides being a a sociopath, uh, Trump would not shut down the economy when he should have. I don't care if it triggers people, the economy, everything should have been shut down for a month, right in the beginning. Uh, That's what China did. That's what some other places did. And it dramatically made the pandemic better for them. Uh, We needed rampant social distance. He didn't shut it down because the donors, many of whom run these companies said, no, 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 no. Capitalism never dies. I don't care how many people die. Okay. So, and we've basically, uh, whether it be in big pharma or elsewhere, all of these corporations, a lot of them have hit record profits profits during these pandemic. 
And now they're price gouging uh, under the guise of inflation. But Biden saying, well, I'm <laughs> I'm meeting with these corporations to try and, you know, help 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 you at the at the dinner table. It's Ugh. just the friction, what's he going to do? The friction is the friction between those two things is is pretty rich, Steve. Yeah, it, it, I just I can imagine him saying, what can we do to help you, Walmart, to to bring the prices down? You know, what can we do to help you with your supply chains? And all, all Walmart would say is deregulate some more. How about deregulate some more? How about, you know, eliminate this tax and deregulate some more? That's all it is. I mean, I heard that. And if look, if you haven't read the book, The Divide by Jason Hickel, please go out and read the book the divide by jason hickle please do skip chapter 17 and 18 because they go into this positive money spin which is wrong but the rest of it is fantastic just a great book and it describes the stuff down to the end this is not an accident this is exactly the way it's you know when, when think about when we all give up our homes because we can't afford them anymore what happens do you think that the capitalists these these vultures are coming in there paying market value no they're paying basement prices to swoop it out and then they in turn make another profit on top of your misery this is the whole game this is this is like it this is it like like don't look for another answer this is it the public private partnerships the neoliberal angle this this is it and and a government is deeply in cahoots with it it is an ideological preference our role at the IMF, our role at the World Bank, our role at the WTO is all predicated on when we go to help another country that we make them absolutely get rid of any protections they have, get rid of any kind of public space and force them to privatize the whole damn country. And this is we're we're in charge of that. We are we have a veto level power at those world consortiums. And we are driving that neoliberalism. That is our number one export. I'm telling you, folks, if there's anything in the world that you want to get rid of, it's neoliberalism. And it is happening right there. That that clip literally gave me hives, literally gave me hives listening to him talking about us working with private industry. Private industry is the ones holding on to patents, keeping Africans from having vaccines. I mean, this is this is preposterous. This is disgusting. This is celebrating well, the Bill Gateses of the world and the Bezos. But and Biden is too. Must, yeah, Biden. Well, no, that's, he's Biden one took, of them. Biden he's, took yeah. forever to even allow. Yes, yes. It's it's the game. It is the game. He is serving those people. I, I'm telling you right now, the balkanization of the haves and the have-nots. I mean, I don't want to get cliche. I try not to live in cliche, but this is just straight up cliche. This is literally the game, and it is literally happening in front of you. And Biden's words tell me he is a free marketeer to his bones, just like Elizabeth Warren and the rest of these fools. And, and it's not going to get better until our friends and families fight back. And I don't even know if that's enough, right? Because this is so ingrained in the world system. It's not just the U.S. We have literally exported this around the globe, this mindset, this way of doing things. And and you look in Australia, they had robust uh, social contracts with their citizens, and they're still trying to privatize in, in, in Australia. You look in the UK, they had the National Health Service, same thing. The US has been instrumental in getting our privateers in there to try and unwedge the National Health Service and start privatizing it. We do it in Canada. We do it all over. We literally export the sick mindset of privatization. And that's what you're seeing right here is the, the hat tip to the private sector. 
And the private sector has one goal and one goal only that is maximize profit, period, period. Right. So that's it. That's it. You could almost like done that. That's the story. This is from the Washington Post. Um, Biden and aides tell allies he's running in 2024 amid growing Democratic fears. Uh, President Biden and members of his inner circle have reassured allies in recent days that he plans to run for re-election in 2024 as they take steps to deflect concern about the 79-year-old's president, 79-year-old president's commitment to another campaign and growing Democratic fears of a coming Republican return to power. The efforts come as the broader Democratic community has become increasingly anxious, no shit, after a bruising six-month stretch that has seen Biden's national approval rating plummet more than a dozen points into the low 40s amid growing concerns about inflation, Democratic infighting in Washington, and faltering public health efforts to move beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. So first of all, I don't know if the, if the media genuinely thinks these are the reasons that Biden's approvals are shooting into the low 40s. Uh, I don't know if Biden and his, you know, his aides who are still living in 1990, the 1990s when it comes to politics, really think that He's down in the 40s because of inflation and Democratic infighting and COVID. Um, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure he'd probably be in the 50s if a $15 minimum wage had passed, number one, which is popular among Republicans, not to mention Democrats. Pretty sure he'd be a lot higher if there was more recurring checks uh, that were going on, if they didn't cut off unemployment insurance on Labor Day. Like literally on Labor Day, they yeah. cut off uh, expanded federal unemployment. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, uh, the bipartisan infrastructure deal with Biden, it's like this, it's like a fucking weird fetish. Oh, well, we got some Republicans, bipartisan, the, you know, let's all, uh, you know, do naked, ju naked jumping jacks when not one American gives a shit. Literally nobody other than the donors because donors love bipartisan. Because bipartisanship in, in donor speak means screwing you and I and our viewers. Collaboratively. Collaboratively. <laughs> uh, so number one, I wanted to ask what you think. I mean, it's pretty unprecedented that a president has to send out signals that he's running for re-election like 11 months into his first term. Uh, number two seems to be to quiet donors freak out because look at what's next. If it wasn't Biden, you know. This empty shell, Pete, or Kamala Harris, which, you know, I can't say anything bad because I'd be a racist and a sexist. But what do you make of, I mean, they're sending out the bat signal. I mean, I'm just being honest. Who knows if Biden's going to be able to run? Uh, you know, I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but if you watch him, I'm not talking about death. I, you just don't know if he's going to be cognitively there <laughs> in three years. I, I mean, I think that's a real valid point. Because he's definitely seems to be slipping a little bit. He seems disengaged at points. But what do you make of already? They're kind of putting this out uh, to kind of well, calm calm the bourgeoisie and the elites. Go go back to the last election. I mean, Biden wasn't beating anybody. He was getting his clock cleaned by Bernie during the primaries before the Obama Clinton Clyburn. You know, fuck you to the American people happened right. But if you look, Kamala Harris couldn't even win her own district. She didn't get a single delegate, not one, not an accidental one. She didn't. I mean, she was so putrid, so pathetic, so utterly worthless that she couldn't even get a single delegate. Just think about how that's an effort of futility that is just 
almost something to be celebrated to be that absolutely feckless you have to be special right well she's that kind of special and i think that the people are realizing with the republicans and and you know let's be fair the inflation story they're telling it all wrong okay and the inflation story works because most people don't know any better and so this is they glom on to the wrong part of the inflation story and 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 there's that and I'm not an apologist for Biden at all. I, I don't I'm I'm I, I'm not a capitalist in any way, shape or form. I am not about free markets. I'm not about any of that. And everything he's saying runs counter to everything that I would normally put forward. That said, when you look at what's beneath him, like you said, with Kamala Harris, I think people are genuinely going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I think that just like Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. I think you're looking at Mayor Pete and they're saying, we haven't quite groomed Mayor Pete enough. That's why we got to give him this massive infrastructure bill so he can cut his teeth and really build into this the thing that we're going to, the, the Franken monster, the Franken Buddha judge that we're going to try and create so that he can be the future. But they're not quite ready, just like Jordan Love's not quite ready. That's that's my take on it. I think that that's the, the total, oh my God, because the American people have not, in any way, shape, or form, embraced either of them, right? There, there is a special little clique of people that are Kapmala all the way, and there's a little group of people that are like Pete Buttigieg all the way. Other than that, the average person, they're not interested in either of them. And in order for them to put the pull the veil over us to make us be calm and complacent as they install their next stooge, they got to be popular with the people a little bit to 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 give off at least the veneer that it's real. So right. to me, I think. That, that's what you're looking at. And Biden's like, hey, I guess the JV isn't quite ready yet. I guess I'll stick around. Right. Which, <laughs> scary. Well, the thing that I just, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm a simple man, but they don't seem to understand that, you know, I just think they're listening to so many stupid people or consultants who maybe just want to keep getting paid. I don't think they understand that if they just actually stop negotiating against themselves, stop stripping everything down to the bare bones and actually gave some real structural, like not like, you know, things that are, are just like big league stuff that like everybody could understand. Even if it's one signature thing, it would completely turn around their political fortunes. I don't know if they just don't get that or don't care because they're only allowed to do what the donors will allow them to do, or they could only go so as far as the donors will allow them to. But I mean, even if they uh, set up a public option for healthcare, a real public option, which I'm not for, I'm for Medicare for all. Uh, if they, if he started renewing the, the fight for $15 minimum wage and did something through an executive action, uh, canceled student loan. I mean, I just don't understand. Like it's it's blinking red light obvious. I don't know if it would save Democrats in Congress because you got redistricting and gerrymandering and all that. But on the big picture presidential level, it's within his power to really turn things around. But it just seems like either through stupidity or the the, the donor is not letting him. He's not doing it. What if I told you, and and again, I, I'm I, this is not like you know some big hot take. I, I I really believe this. What what if I told you that at the end of the day, their job, each one of them, Republicans and Democrats, have a different constituency to kind of keep quelled by certain language they used. But at the end of the day, the same exact set of policies at the top are the same exact policies at the top, right? And and I really do believe. 
right here, right now, with very few exceptions, that the only thing Biden's job is really to do is to manage keeping us not picking up pitchforks. I think that's really his job is just to manage us, to keep us just below the simmering point. And if he can do that, then he's done his job for the powers that be. Because they already know. They're literally watch the extraction across the globe. I know that this is sometimes we don't put it all together this way, but we cannot divorce our role in the IMF and the WTO. We cannot divorce our role because this is our mindset. This is how we view the haves and have nots of countries, how we get real resources, how businesses lead the way and how we just take the fairy tale that they tell us. And we're fighting like tooth and nail for, you know, in defense of this fairy tale. While simultaneously, you're sitting there looking incredulous. And me and you, we 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 are always on point when we talk together. I, I know that you're you're a thinker, you're right there, but it's it's almost too much to believe. You're like sitting there saying, Why wouldn't they do this? It's right there for them. The debt debt strike or debt collective, they're out there saying Biden literally has this paper on his desk right now that with an executive order, single pen strip, he could literally eliminate all student debt. That easy, that easy. Like we're not even talking about congressional issues. He could literally go and it'd be done. And he's not doing it. This isn't somebody strong arming him. This isn't somebody putting a gun to his head. This is him saying, yeah, no, <laughs> no, not doing it. And it's not because you have to prevail him because he knows it would be wildly popular with the people. It's not that. It's literally that's not his role as president. That's not any. They're not going to do it. They're not. And and. If the minute that they did do that, it would take the precarity out of the labor force and the precarity that the labor force is in is what drives them to need a job. And you saw that just a little teeny taste of freedom during the pandemic and people are mass exiting the workplace. So they know this. So the minute they take that precarity of that noose and my my student loans will be $900 a month come March 1, $900 a month, dude, $900 a month for my student debt. And they know full well that if they go ahead and do that, that we will suddenly be able to take a deep breath and not have to worry. And we might make different choices. We might make different choices because we have freedom 